Teach, Learn, Pima podcast. I'm your host, Mace Ahmad, and with me here today is Mike Tween, my fellow colleague in the biology department. Mike, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for making time to speak with us today about teaching and learning. You bet. So I want to speak with you about your the project that you did on imperative narratives and the the power of storytelling in teaching and learning. So um, do you mind taking maybe a few minutes to tell us about it? Not a bit. I am passionate about stories because I've realized over the years that sto- that uh, tying concepts to stories is the best way, is the most effective way of learning. And I mean, if you go back and look at human culture over the last several thousand years, um, storytelling is the way that people always taught and learned. Um, the turning point for me was uh, January of 2005. Uh, some of my colleagues here still remember uh, we went to a, um, a case study workshop given by Kip Harriot, who runs the uh, uh, case study center in SUNY Buffalo. And uh, we had a five-day workshop. And about halfway through the workshop, I got I got very frustrated. And I went up to him and I said, Dr. Harriet, I have these frustrations. This only works if you're a storyteller. And I'm not a storyteller. Hmm. And he said, ah, but you could be. Hmm. And so I left there and uh, immediately just started diving into everything that I could about stories and storytelling and realized this makes perfect sense. This is why we love to sit in a, in a movie theater with the surround sound and the big screen and hmm. just get lost in the story. This is why we sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix for hours and just get lost in the story. This is why we sit down with a novel and just get lost in the story. But for some reason, we it seems that we have lost uh, this idea of how effective storytelling is when it comes to teaching. And so uh, starting in spring of 2005, I started trying to find ways to add stories uh, to everything that I was teaching because I realized that if I could engage the students with a story and then go to the concept that if the story was memorable and engaging they would hold on to that story for forever and if they do that then the concepts make sense. Hmm. So a little example from biology um, teaching uh, autosomal dominant inheritance and uh, teaching something like Huntington's disease Students are not going to remember for very long that Huntington's is an autosomal dominant, nor do they really need to. But if you start off with the story of Nancy Wexler, who Mm. was very invested in understanding Huntington's because, unfortunately, her mom passed away from Huntington's, and Nancy spent most of her uh, teenage years uh, taking care of her mom and watched her slowly decline. And so Nancy really wanted to... um, uh, to be a doctor and find a cure for Huntington's. And by the time she got to college, she realized she was never going to find a cure. Her best bet was to go into uh, genetics and see if maybe she could find the gene and um, maybe tests or treatments would arise from that. So that's exactly what she did. And she found the gene. She developed a test. Of course, Nancy with a mother with Huntington's, um, you know, I asked my students, uh, what are Nancy's chances of, of developing Huntington's herself? And uh, they'll work through a Punnett square and finally realize, oh, about 50%. And uh, so do you think Nancy took that test? And the answer was no. She did not want to know. But Nancy's got a sister named Alice. What are Alice's chances of, um, of developing Huntington's? Same as Nancy's, 50%. 
And uh, it turned out that um, Alice was the first person to take the test. She was negative. Nancy is now um, uh, up in age, never, uh, never developed Huntington. So it turned out that neither one of them inherited that bad gene. Hmm. But the thing is, even at the end of the semester, my students, if I ask them a question about autosomal dominant inheritance, oh, that was that story with the woman named Nancy, and she developed a test, and she had a 50% chance. I remember that. Mm. And that story really sinks in. Yeah. And so now I try to find stories to go along with all the major concepts. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so I have so many questions. So did you, what did you do to develop your storytelling ability? Because it's great. As you're telling me the story now, I'm, I'm getting like images. I'm having like, I'm imagining Nancy and her sister and the students that you're telling the story to. So um, what did you do? There, uh, there's no set way to, to do this. There's no training for it. Um, I'll be completely honest. I am an introvert, and uh, storytelling is not something that comes naturally or comfortably. Um, but when you realize the power of it, especially for teaching, it's just something that you keep working on. Mm. And you watch the way that other people tell stories and integrate stories into what they do. And it's amazing just where we find stories and hear storytellers these days. Um, in fact, I would say the world's best storytellers are stand-up comedians. Mm. Uh, imagine being up in front of a crowd that may or may not uh, be on your side yet and uh, having to deal with hecklers. Mm -hmm. And you are having to play off your audience and figure out how to tell stories that have an impact on people. Mm. Um, I got it pretty easy uh, being a teacher in front of a classroom compared to a stand-up comic in a in a bar late at night. Mm -hmm. um, it's just something that that the more you watch and the more you practice, um, the more comfortable you get with it. In fact, um, um, in trying to incorporate stories into teaching, it, it takes some time, and you have to find your comfort level. And so you might start by uh, just building on the stories that you already know, maybe the stories from from what you teach, in my case, the, the stories of biology and biology history, which aren't always that exciting. So maybe you find ways to embellish them a little bit. And then the next step is um, look at what your students see every day. What's on the news? What's in social media? Uh, you know, who are, who are the people that they're watching on TV and in movies? And find things about their lives uh, that relate to the biology content and turn those into stories. And then if you keep going, eventually you get to the point where you're even willing to tell personal stories, things okay. that happen to you and your family that maybe when you first started teaching, you realize, well, I'm never going to tell personal details. Um, you actually find a, a point where you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, for example, one of the stories that I tell my students when we're covering biological macromolecules and we talk about glycogen and I can talk about glycogen from an esoteric point of view, but if I can say, wow, that I realized just how important my glycogen levels were on a rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon. Mm. Uh, three of us were hiking across the Grand Canyon in a day. And, um, you know, I brought lots of food and along and, uh, including a big bag of candy and I got um, uh, all the way down to uh, Phantom Ranch at the bottom, starting up the North Rim. But, man, that's a long climb, especially when you've gone that many miles already. I mean, it's literally 23 miles across and uh, a mile straight down and more than a mile back up again. So I've eaten all my food. I'm starting up the north to the North Rim, and I'm getting really worn down. 
And pretty soon I'm getting to where I'm just not even sure I can go another mile. And then I remember I've got this bag of candy. And so I, um, it was like gummy bears and gummy worms and stuff like that, lifesavers. And I eat a handful of candy. And within five minutes, I can feel this, this like burst of energy that I didn't have for quite a while. And it lasted me about a half mile, maybe a mile. And then all of a sudden I'm run down again. So I get out the candy, another mm -hmm. handful, and I, I explain all this of getting to the top of the Grand Canyon and then point out to my students, I realized after the fact that what had happened was I had used all of my glycogen stores. And at this point, I was just working on sugar. But sugar doesn't last you very long. Mm. It'll last you for that half mile or a mile when, uh, you know, when at the end of a long hike like that. But it's the glycogen stores that, uh, that help you um, most of the time. Once that glycogen is gone, uh, then uh, you're really feeling it. And I've actually had students tell me at the end of the semester when they come across um, um, uh, a question on the final exam about biological macromolecules, about polysaccharides, about glycogen. And I've, I've had students come up and say, I remember that part about glycogen because I remember that story about the Grand Canyon. That was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. So you've seen students respond positively to it. They respond very well. And then the next step beyond that is get students to tell their stories. Uh -huh. Because in, if you're looking to increase critical thinking in your classes, being able to take, a, if you're a student, and being able to take a story of, of your own life and apply it to the concepts that you've learned in class, to me, that's one of the ultimate signs of critical thinking. Mm. That's beautiful, Mike. Yeah, I, I, in your, um, in the virtual learning community that you facilitate, in the description there, um, you talk about how stories can help us change our own narratives, and that really resonated with me. How um, powerful they, how, what, what a powerful tool stories um, are and how they can shape really our, the present and also the future. It, it really does matter. I mean, they, there's lots of self-help books out there about the power of positive thinking. If you just start thinking a different way, then your life may take a different course. But it's not just the power of positive thinking. It's, it's more than that. It's changing your own story. Hmm. So if you're a teacher and you change the stories that you tell about your students, you will see them in a different way, and the people that you share those stories with will see them in a different way. If you can get the student to change the stories that they tell about themselves, and we've all known students who just, they come in with these stories like, I've never been successful, I'll never be successful, I'm, I'm not even sure why I'm here. If you can get them to change their story, then you're putting them on a path to success. Hmm. But most importantly is being able to change the stories that you tell about yourself. If you can realize where, where your limitations are, what some of the reasons why sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not, if you can change your own story, what you'll find is that you end up changing your life and you end up a lot happier in your role as, a, as an educator. Wow. So I, I don't know why, but I'm tempted, and forgive me if, if I mean, if, if you know, the question is beyond the scope of this. How has your story changed as an educator over the years? My story has changed because I'm gone from feeling like I don't have much control and it's always the fault of the students if they're not doing well to realizing that this is on me. 
And if it means finding better ways to teach, I need to do that. If it means finding more effective ways to engage the students, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. And what I've discovered is that when I use stories in my teaching, it keeps the students more engaged, it makes me more effective, and in the long run, it's made me a lot happier in the job that I do. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mike, thank you so much for this. I, um, I'm i so grateful that you are facilitating the um, virtual learning community and that you've agreed to facilitate a workshop for our faculty on um, the power of storytelling in teaching and learning. And I'm very grateful that you're, you're sharing all of this with us. Well, thank you. This is a, a great opportunity. And anytime anybody wants to talk about storytelling, you know where to find me. It's, right. uh, it's, a, it's my favorite topic. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for listening and stay tuned for next to next week for another episode on Teach Learn Pima.